Well, hello everybody, and we are back for another episode of the American Gods podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is Sarah. Hey guys. So uh, Sarah is feeling a little under the weather, unfortunately. Uh, I had it last week, and she had it this week, so it's like a virus. Like literally it travels through the computer, and it got her sick. (laughs) Takes a week to get to Canada, but hey, that's uh, virus mail for (laughs) you. We've actually been unlucky enough. I think every time either one of us has been sick, the other one has managed to get sick. Yeah, it follows a good week later. Yeah. Uh, nuts. So uh, we're going to try and get through this episode kind of as quickly as we can, uh, just because she needs to rest, you know, try to get, uh, you know, better as quickly as possible. Uh, but we have some really great stuff to talk about in this uh, episode. We have, of course, our chapter by chapter, getting into some really good stuff in this, uh, this week's episode in terms of our place in the book. We also have a premiere date to talk about. Mm-hmm. There's also an interview with uh, Brian Fuller and Michael Green. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, yeah, so that seems like a, a good place to uh, start. So why don't we get about or get into the premiere news since that's really one of the big things that uh, occurred between our last recording and this recording. All right. So what we know so far is that, you know, the South by Southwest, they're going to be premiering the first episode, March 11th. Uh, we don't know if the public's going to get to see it, but we are praying that they do because we really want to see it. Um, but the actual season premiere date is April the 30th. And Brian Fuller was kind enough to announce this, you know, the day after we posted the podcast where we we're really cocky and sure that it would be April 15th. <laughs> or something like that uh so we're like thanks brian you know that was that's appreciated (laughs) but yeah april 30th is the date mark your calendars guys um and if you're somebody like me who doesn't live in the states and and has access to stars um it's going to be coming to amazon uh video um they have a new streaming thing i I don't know if that's been in the states for a while but it's kind of new to canada uh, but it'll be available uh, to several countries via the Amazon video. Um, but it'll be a day after it premieres. <laughs> so we get the, you know, the day after scraps. <laughs> when everyone has flooded the internet with information, we get to wait till the next day. I super appreciate that. But what the hell, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be like itching to talk to you about it. But unfortunately, can't because you got to wait the whole day. So. I know. I just feel like... I don't know, maybe I'll wake up at like four in the morning to watch it before work, just so I can go on the internet during the day. (laughs) Don't have to worry about being uh, spoiled if you do that. (laughs) Back in the days of Hannibal, when you had the podcast doing solo, that's what I used to do because I'd have to watch it uh, the day after because I didn't have cable um, on Apple and I would watch it before work, literally just sitting in my car, freezing my butt off so I could actually write into the podcast because you do one like two days after it premiered. So I had to like watch it by a certain time. Yeah, that's true. And you became my co-host on the podcast. Isn't that crazy? Dedication. <laughs> that's right. That is right. Uh, so, yeah, we were wrong about the premiere date. I thought middle of, of April, but it's going to be the end of April, which... Again, is is longer than I thought. I really never thought that the premiere date was ever going to be that far into the year. Just because 
with the start of filming, with as far back as they started filming this this show, and I knew there was going to be special effects and all of that, but I just thought, based on when they started filming, in in general, the shooting schedule for a lot of shows, I just didn't think it would take that long. That's why I always assumed it was going to be, you know, early or mid to late February. But uh, the fact that it's a few months after that, I, I just I never would have thought late April. Literally on the cusp of May is when it's going to premiere, and and look when they started filming the show. I mean, it was almost a year. It was almost a year uh, from when the, the show is going to premiere. Yeah, so. like we've been doing this for nine months around there. Uh, something like that. Yeah. By the time <laughs> we get to the by the time we get to the premiere date, we will we will have uh, been on the air almost a year. We'll be. <laughs> Uh, a year old podcast wise or just about yeah so we certainly actually, didn't yeah. think we'd be doing this that long before it actually premiered right i wanted to get a head start you know and get you know the wheels greased and everything but i thought we would be doing the podcast for you know anywhere between six to eight months i didn't i didn't think it was going to be a year you know yeah like we thought eight months max <laughs> not a year right. but yeah it's it, i know it's gonna be worth it <laughs> Right. And look, it, it kind of makes it difficult for us because with so little information, we've, we've kind of had to do the best we can with the content just because we haven't had you know, a lot to work with lately. So it's been, you know, just kind of getting something out, doing the chapter by chapter, you know, doing actor profiles. And, and now we're doing, you know, profiles of the gods, which don't have one this week just because we have chapter by chapter to talk about, the premiere date to talk about. And uh, we have this interview to talk about. So we're going to push the Easter profile to uh, next week. So That's totally fine. We've got lots to talk about this episode. Yeah. Yeah. We've still got, we've still got a, a couple of months between now and uh, the premiere. So even though there'll be news to talk about, we still have plenty of time to profile some of the other gods. You know, they're in the book. Yeah. Two in months. Real, wow. Oh, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the premiere date was, uh, you know, April, April thirtieth. Uh, just that's just so crazy to me. Uh, but I'm glad that we got a premiere date finally. Finally, yeah. I have something to mark one. my calendar and count down the days to. Right. We've been waiting for this premiere date announcement for quite some time. Oh, so yeah. I'm glad that we're finally getting it. It really is. Uh, nice to just have it even though it's still like so far away at least it feels that way yeah i know two months is gonna like it doesn't sound like a lot but hearing like april 30th that feels so far away still like i still feel like it's you know beginning of february but it's freaking march it's crazy yeah yeah it is (laughs) um all right, so let's let's. Is there anything else we we can probably any other news? I think the interview is probably uh, the next thing up here, just because this literally came out uh, a couple of hours ago. So this was uh, kind of last minute that we spotted this before we started recording. Well, news, uh, all godlings, you should send Michael some happy birthday wishes because he's uh, got a birthday coming up. Yeah, it's my. <laughs> birthday <laughs> he's not thrilled about it but you should definitely send him birthday tweets yeah please do i guess you know <laughs> i guess 
<laughs> well, the thing is, you know, it's funny when you know when you're a teenager or even when you're in your early twenties, birthdays are awesome because you know you're you're still really really young and in the milestones have importance. You know, like turning twenty one or. You know, even turning 25 whenever your insurance goes down, which <laughs> that's like the, yeah. that's like, it's like the last great milestone you have. And then after that, it's like you don't want to see more birthdays because then you start getting into your later 20s, which means that, you know, your 30s are very nearly there. And then you're in your 30s and then you're in your mid 30s, like I'll be turning 35. So which just blows my mind. It blows I know, my like- mind. I felt really old. Um, my company uh, that I work for started introducing RRSPs, and so I opened up my first one, and I felt really old talking about like my retirement, and you should give thought to you know making a will when you have a kid, and it's like God, I can't even listen to this. <laughs> it's depressing. It is. <laughs> like I don't want to think about that. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> That's the thing, though. You see, you hit a certain age, and it's like you really got to start thinking about the future. So, Ugh. yay birthdays! So, <laughs> anyway, Just another reminder. Yeah. Send me anything you want. Uh, I would certainly be happy if if you do send me any tweets or whatever, any feedback uh, regarding my birthday. Uh, I do appreciate it, um, but it's just unfortunately <laughs> I'm turning thirty five. <laughs> So I know, like, there's probably people out there listening, thinking, "Oh, whippersnapper." Yeah. You know, you know I'm, I'm, you know, sixty-five or seventy-five, and it's like, yeah, you're so young, you know. Just like I look at like a fifteen or twenty-year-old and thinking, "Man, you have a, you have a good, you know, you're still so young, you know, you're just trying to figure out who you are still." Yeah, so. I still miss that. You know, I could sleep in my classes. I can't sleep at work. Nope. You can't do that. Miss those days. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, so, all right, so um, so let's let's talk about this interview. So we had some cool stuff in this interview. Uh, it was nice to nice to see an actual interview with Brian Fuller and Michael Green. Yeah, some interesting stuff they talked about. Like, um, yeah, I figured that you know season one would end at the house on the rock with the carousel. But Brian Fuller talks about in this article that we won't get to see that until season two. So I was pretty shocked by that. Cause I thought that was like a confirmed thing. That that's how season one was going to end. So that shocked me. Well, you know, at the time they may have thought that, you know, yeah, stuff like true. that shifts around and changes depending on what's going on. So that might've been the initial plan. And then, you know, at some point, even maybe when as they were shooting, you know, the the show, they might have thought, okay, you know, maybe we need to push this into season two, and they just decided it on the spot. So that's also a possibility. Yeah, very true. Uh, there was some information on uh, the Bilqui uh, sex scene at the beginning of uh, well, in the pilot about uh, you know. Just well, they asked about the special effects in doing it, and they're like, "Well, we certainly hope about whether they they could do it, like it would be done." And they said, "Well, we certainly hope so. We shot it that way, <laughs> you know." So, yeah, and they kind of asked, like, "Will you know it be? Will we able to see it on TV? Uh, like, just kind of hinting at like how much are we gonna see?" And it's, from what I interpret, it sounds like we're gonna be able to see the whole thing. 
I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. <laughs> That's for sure. Right? <laughs> like, oh. yeah, I've never seen anyone swallow a human being with their vagina. So that's true. Sure, that's something I want to see. <laughs> oh, boy. Just wait for the uproar the next day by people. Ugh. Ugh. Um, people. <laughs> yeah, then they talked about in, uh, the casting of Bill Quee. Um, and, and they, well, they talked about uh, with the actress, right? With Yedere Biraki and about how they had a whole bunch of people come in for other roles like Shadow and, you know, Laura and stuff like that. But when it came to Bill Quee, they only, interv- they only had a f- like a handful of selected people come in just because that scene was what they used when they came in to audition for the role. And just the nature of the scene, it, it doesn't... It doesn't work for everybody. Obviously, there are people that would come in and, and they wouldn't be able to do that scene. They would just be uncomfortable. So they had to select uh, just a handful of people who had no problem with the material and the content. And and in that process, they obviously you know had Yidade come in and, and she must have done a great job and they picked her for the role. But it's kind of interesting that the subject matter being what it is, uh, force them to only have a much smaller pool of actresses to select from. Yeah, and I think they picked the absolutely right person. I mean, she looks like, she looks the part. I mean, she looks like she can do a great job. And I can definitely see her swallowing a person up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can see her be like, uh, is that a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> uh well you know we'll see how the scene goes you know she probably if she does it well which i'm sure she did it, it she will get compliments for it <laughs> you know <laughs> uh let's see they also talked about the song cues for the show now in the book they there are songs that play one is um uh Ico Ico by the beatles and uh songs by like patsy klein and they asked the interview asked uh, Brian Fuller and Michael Green about those songs being in the show. Are they go- they're going to be able to afford getting those songs because they're pretty high profile, you know, uh, songs and, and bands that played them or, uh, or at least singers. And uh, they said that they had a list with their musical supervisor and it's likely that those are going to be in the show. Yeah. And if not like the songs, then uh, covers of them. Yeah, certainly, certainly. That's, yeah, that's something they could afford. If they can't afford the actual artist, then a cover, a well-done cover, can be just as effective. Exactly. And uh, do you want to take the Lucy, the Lucy question, since uh, <laughs> it involves uh, Jillian Anderson? Yeah, it's basically something we know, um, but it's just reiterating that yes, you know, we're gonna have that infamous scene of you know. Jillian Anderson's going to be Lucille Ball in the TV screen, and we're going to get that iconic line of her being asking Shadow, do you want to see Lucy's tits? And we're going to get that iconic moment that we're all really want to see Jillian Anderson say those words. <laughs> well, if it was taken out of the show, I think there would be a massive uproar by the fans. Right. Because that's such an, like I said, such an iconic scene that if it was taken out, taken out it would not sit well with people that have been 
you know, salivating just the prospect of seeing that scene played out on TV. <laughs> yeah, if you can keep uh, Bill Quee in there, you can keep that in there. <laughs> yeah, come on. It, yeah, if you, yeah, you're right. If you keep Bill Quee, you can pretty much keep everything in the show. <laughs> and that includes the, uh, the gin. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> really looking forward to seeing that and seeing how they're going to portray that scene. It'll be interesting. Because uh, if you have, like, you know, feminazis coming after, you know, Bill Quee or, you know, the Lucy stuff, I can only imagine the people that would come out of the woodwork for that scene. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to, to that at all. I mean, I'm talking about it. I'm, looking, I'm not, looking, not looking forward to the scene. I'm not looking forward to the probable uproar from people that I don't want to see that on TV. Well, guess what? Don't watch it. Yeah, seriously. Like, don't ruin it for the rest of us who have always wanted to see this. Right. Um, all right. So they also talked about the technical boy, right? And the differences between the character as written in the book 15 years ago and how they made changes to the character in this show. So interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, basically, the reporter asked, like, why'd you cast this skinny guy like Bruce Langley? Uh, to be technical boy, given his description of the book being this, you know, chubby, overweight guy. Um, and Fuller says, like, it felt like there was an evolution of the technical savvy individual that was portrayed in the novel, which was written like 15 years ago. The book sort of describes this quintessential overweight hacker that uh, Donald Trump was shielding the Russians with. <laughs> Bless <laughs> Fuller for throwing that in. <laughs> That's Love funny. him. <laughs> Uh, he's great. I even love, um, uh, what did he say? Um, oh, yeah, he says, um, they're talking about, like, uh, different gods of TV. And he says, scripted TV is a lesser god, where reality TV is the black tar of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love you so much, Brian Fuller. <laughs> yeah, that is fantastic. Because <laughs> yeah, I think no truer words have been said, especially regarding reality TV. Right. <laughs> um, totally agree with that. Uh, but in reference to the technical boy and the, and the difference there, I like the update. I oh, think, me too. I think 15 years ago, I think even to me, even 15 years ago, the whole like chubby, uh, overweight hacker uh, is described in the book. I mean, it, it worked fine, but I felt like it was a bit cliche. Yeah. There. Especially now. Especially now, if it was done that way, I think it would come across as is a bit insulting and a little a little crass, um, and not nearly as nuanced as the character probably deserves. So I feel like the technical boy is embodied by Bruce Langley, at least from what we've seen, the pictures, the descriptions, all of that. You know, I think it fits much better. And the average person today is so much more technical savvy than the average person was 15 years ago. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. look, we, we have, we carry around computers in our hands in the form of our phones every single day. You know, we're, we're texting people, we're surfing the, the internet. Uh, I can't believe I just said the words that said surfing the internet. Boy. <laughs> Could um, you imagine trying to explain to, you know, your grandparents or your great grandparents, you know, that aren't alive today that, you know, we have uh, a handheld computer we can take with us anywhere we go, and we use it to look at pictures of cats. 
Right. Like, try explaining that to them. And that it's touchscreen. Like, I still remember being 16 and reading about um, how Microsoft was working on tablets. And it was like, you know, it was so Star Trek futuresque. And now every single toddler has an iPad to play with. Like, it's just incredible the leap technology has changed just in the last 10 years. Have you ever watched the movie Minority Report? Yes. Yes, a long time ago. Okay. Well, I remember when I saw that in theaters. This is when I was in college. My parents came to pick me up, and uh, I think it was my birthday, actually. And I wanted to go see this for my birthday, so we went. And I remember coming out of that movie theater. I was enthralled. I loved the movie. To this day, it, I think it's amazing. It was very it's, smart. It's one of it's one of Steven Spielberg's uh, most underrated movies he's ever done. And I think it, it was very prescient for its times. I mean, the the um, using his hands like he like he did with the screen and everything, and pulling things across and yeah. blowing images up. I mean, all those things that you saw him do. He, you know, we can do that today. We do that on our iPads and our Surface, our tablets, and and the, there's even more like uses of that technology now than there there have ever been. And so that along with, I mean, the ads that target you, like when he would walk into stores and it would like record his retinal scan and he would walk by, you know, clothes and they would call out to him, things like that. I mean, that stuff is just, it's amazing. So have you, know, you heard, way- uh, sorry, go ahead. Have you heard about the Amazon store that their Amazon's trying to produce where uh, you can literally go into a store a grocery mm-hmm. store, it's run by Amazon, pick out your items uh, and literally walk out with them. It charges your credit card. You don't need to go through a cashier, nothing. You just take food and go. And it charges it through your phone. You don't even think, have to scan it. Nope. I think like, it's amazing. Oh, that's crazy to me. Like, no more, like, kind of sad that no more cashier jobs, but it's a shitty job anyway. Uh, but just to be able to that your phone would know like oh that blows my mind <laughs> yeah it it's it's pretty amazing you know drone deliveries yeah you know? that's crazy you know it's like i know there's uh talk about um well i know they did like the they've already done same day delivery drone deliveries but i mean even they're getting to the point where they they want some depending on how far away you live from the warehouse you could actually have your stuff on your doorstep in within as little as two hours from when That's you ordered it. That's just crazy. I've also heard like Amazon, uh, you know, working for um, having their drones work for restaurants and, you know, delivery. No more having people to drive your food to you. Just drones will take your food to you. It's amazing. It's crazy. Scary, but crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. really scary. <laughs> you better not be doing anything illegal this day and age because, my God, there are eyes everywhere. Yeah, uh, but yeah, anyway, you know, the, the whole technical boy thing and this, that's what we were talking about was whole the whole change here. Just like we're all much more aware of technology and what it's capable of uh, now than ever before. And so I think the idea of the technical boy being more of almost like an every every man, you know, look to him as opposed to being the the um, cliched hacker uh overweight hacker that they portrayed in the book this you know technical boy bruce langley looks 
I mean, I don't know that he looks like anybody. Could it could be anybody like an everyman? But you know, he he kind of is. He feels like he embodies a combination of so many different characteristics. He's a bit flamboyant, but he also seems like he's you know a skinny tall white guy instead of just being like a fat you know guy with glasses and pimples yeah like he's just like he seems like your typical privileged white guy who looks like he has daddy's money to ride on and get all the technology he wants right yep exactly yeah definitely I think that's pretty much it. They did talk a little bit about Hannibal, uh, possibility of bringing that back. I know it doesn't really apply to American gods, but it was nice to see a question regarding uh, Hannibal and the possibility of that uh, being brought back after August, which is when the rights uh, that are currently held by Amazon for airing the show run out. So, Which, yeah. like, I mean, if they're going to host American gods, you know, why not host Hannibal? Like, Come on, Amazon, get it together. <laughs> And they may do that. That when the right when the rights run out, they may come back to the table with a new offer. So it might just be one of those waiting games, and then once that's over, it, they may be able to reach some kind of agreement. Especially if American Gods ends up being huge, if it gets up, ends up being like a really big deal, um, it's going to raise the profile of Brian Fuller, obviously. And you know, Amazon might be willing to to re listen to the possibility of you know bringing. American Gods on board, or not American Gods, Hannibal on board, and that, that'd be great. But also, if this is a big hit, it also might make Netflix ponder the idea of actually bringing Hannibal back. So Yeah, which they should. <laughs> yeah. Anybody needs to pick this up, because we need it to come back. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. It's such a great show, and there... I want to do more. I want to do more about I want to do more with it. You know, I know. I like, more... There's nothing... There's no TV show I wanted to come back more than Hannibal. Right. So great. Uh, okay. So I think that was pretty much it for that interview, which is pretty awesome. You know, it's the first interview we've seen with Brian Fuller and Michael Green in quite some time. Uh, so it was great to get the information that we got from that. And I think as we get closer to uh, South by Southwest and after South by Southwest, like I said, at some point, the floodgates are going to open up and we're going to start getting a lot of stuff. I think this interview is the, the start of things to come. So Yeah, I think so too. All right. So I guess we'll move into our last segment for the episode, and that will be the chapter by chapter. So we'll, we'll recap the chapter by chapter and we'll talk about uh, what we thought about it. That's oh, you. Sorry. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Yeah. Good. yeah all right so uh this is what chapter 18 yes and we're so close to the end like i think i think it's just one chapter after this or two maybe two. um yeah there's there's a, a couple chapters there um there's a little it's more. crazy <laughs> we're so close so this was a big chapter there's a lot in this chapter it was a long chapter there's just so much that goes on here just because boy it's, it's, it's reaching the climax of the story, if not, it is literally the climax of the story, actually. So a lot goes on here, a lot plays out, and uh, yeah. So 
Let's start with you. You're gonna you're taking you're gonna take the first half of the chapter. I'm gonna take the second half. So I guess you can start. All right. So the chapter begins with uh you know, with the gods on the battlefield, and they're arguing over you know whether or not now's the right time to attack or whether they should wait for. Uh, the clouds depart and for better weather or different circumstances or if they should wait to see who else is joining yada 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 um but the vote wins to attack now and um so that's what they do uh but in the void darkness you know non-existence uh this is where shadow is right now and he yeah has someone calling out to him in the darkness and it's whiskey jack talking to him and he gets kind of pulled into this, yeah, this existence that's neither the void nor you know, the reality. He gets pulled into like Whiskey Jack's world and is talking to him. Um, and they talk about, you know, the gods and how Whiskey Jack's a culture hero. Uh, and how it's not a war. It's a two-man con and it's just going to be bloodshed. And the wheels are turning in Shadow's head. Uh, so they're drinking a couple beers and eventually Shadow returns. Uh, or Whiskey Jack just leaves him in the darkness and Shadow just starts becoming overcome with pain. Uh, the chapter cuts over to Easter um, with the Hawkhead Man. And they're cutting Shadow's body down from the great big gray tree. Um... Horus uh, flies up in his hawk form and his uh, own powers part the clouds and, you know, make them dissipate so that the sun can start to beat down on Shadow. And Easter, you know, she performs a little CPR slash kiss <laughs> on to Shadow and he's brought back. And he's not really pleased about it. <laughs> his first words are, you dare to bring me back? Like, how could you? Why would you do this? And he's pretty pissed off um but it, to him he can't tell if it's been a day or a million years like t in the void he has no sense of time no sense of body no sense of anything you know he can't feel anything so all the senses and his vision and perception of reality is coming back to him and he's adjusting uh, back on the battlefield, the uh, the gods are making their way up the hill, and you know there's a sniper up there, and he's taking shots and killing off a few of them as they make their way up. Uh, and Laura, she and Mister Town are traveling to the house on the rock. Of course, he's got the stick in the back, and Town is just head over heels in love with Laura. I mean, madly in love. Yeah, she gives good conversation, leads him on, and you know, she has this, you know, flirtatious embodiment that's just so Laura. Uh, he's just like smitten, completely smitten by her. He thinks she she's the one. <laughs> and uh, they park at the house on the rock, and she asks him if he wants to know what happened to his friends. You know, Woody and Stony. Which every time I hear their names, just like Mister Wood, Mister Stone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Um, but then she shows him exactly what happened to his friends. Uh, back with, uh, Horace, he's giving Shadow a ride back to the battle. Um, he, Shadow's talking to Easter first, uh, 
And she doesn't believe that they're ever going to meet again. This is their last parting of ways. It makes you wonder if bringing him back took everything she had out of her. Does she have to go into you know, hiding, uh, recess back to gain her strength? Or is this it for her? Will she live on? It's kind of left open. Like, how bad is she hurt from doing this? Uh, back with Laura, um, she heads inside with the stick, leaving town in the vehicle, you know, in whatever state he's left at. Um, and she finds, you know, Loki slash Mr. World. Um, and he certainly wants the stick. Uh, he's telling her to give it over, trying to coax it away from her. She's staying calm. She's smooth talking. She can see who he is. Like, not who he is, but, you know, the con he's trying to play. And he ends up being this very big fly caught in the spider's trap. And she waits for this right moment, the moment he's directly behind her, before she strikes. And I'll leave it over to you. Uh, yeah. So, um, when she's in that, when she goes in to see him, you know, he recognizes her because of the pictures that that uh, Shadow had in prison of her. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who you are. And he, he remember he asks about whether she should be more dead dead than she currently <laughs> is. And she, that's when she reveals that she was given the water by those women uh, in the in the, uh, farmhouse. And he's surprised because it's, it's from Erd's well. But he also says, look, this is only temporary. They're basically just giving you a taste of the past. He wants the stick, um, and when he comes up behind her, she leans back against him, almost sexually in a way, which is, is kind of weird, because um, they're pressed up against one another, and his arms are on his her shoulders. And she takes the stick, and for some reason, something tells her that she needs to say these words, and the words are, I dedicate this death to Shadow. And she takes the stick and she shoves it through her body and through um, Loki or Mr. World, uh, through his body. And he is totally stunned by it. He grabs a knife and stabs her with it. But the problem is she's already dead. So what's (laughs) What's it going to do? (laughs) It doesn't mean anything to a corpse. So for for. Uh, for him, it's it's mortal agony. For her, it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I've been through worse. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, he you know he calls her he calls her a bitch, and he pulls like, well, first of all, they're stuck together, and she thinks this looks so indignified because <laughs> they're literally like stuck together with this you know this stick that's holding them like like a centipede like the human centipede in a way and uh yeah so um he's he extracts himself from the stick and then he stumbles away and he's coughing and he's wailing and he's crying and she kind of you know extracts herself and kind of stumbles away into the darkness so then uh, also uh shadow is riding um, on the back of a giant thunderbird through a rainstorm and a lightning storm. Mm-hmm. And he yells that this is the, the best time he's ever had in his life. It's like the best thing he's ever experienced. Um, he's laughing, you know, like, which is crazy because Shadow doesn't laugh. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, so then Shadow lands 
and gets off the bird and he's walks up alongside a, a car that he recognizes looks inside and sees that it's mr town uh, <laughs> he is uh a warm to the touch he looks surprised the, the his face shows surprise like whatever <laughs> happened he didn't expect and he also uh, smells Laura's scent, like her the, the scent of her body, and he would recognize that anywhere. He knows exactly who was in that car. Um, he hears uh, someone call out to Odin from a distance, and uh, he makes his way to the cave, goes inside, and he hears a voice, a disembodied voice, say uh, to him, you have never disappointed me, never once. And... To that, Shadow replies that he's disappointed himself every time. Uh, the voice, of course, is, is Wednesday or you know Odin, who of course is his father. He tells Shadow that uh, he tells Shadow that um, Shadow was necessary in that he took everyone's attention away, so that they didn't see the con that was right under their nose. Um. Shadow spots Loki um, on the floor. There's there's blood everywhere. Um, he's he's very weak, but he's also uh, he he's still just an asshole. <laughs> even <laughs> even though he's been impaled and even though he's he's gonna die, uh, he still be he's still a dick. Um, so Loki Loki tells him that the spear has been thrown and that there's nothing he can do about it. It's basically all over. Um, he may as well resign himself to the fact that this is going to happen. Uh, Shadow, Shadow realizes that despite Loki and Odin appearing to be on opposite sides, uh, like like the cons that Wednesday told him about months earlier, all those cons that he really liked and enjoyed, and all the ones they the the Wednesday would tell him about in detail. This, of course, was a two man con. And it always had been a two-man con. He tells Wednesday to show himself. And there's this giant roar, the wind. And he can kind of see uh, a shape uh, make itself a little more materialized. Uh, but still kind of translucent. Um, so he tells himself to show himself. He does and he proceeds to tell Shadow that he had to die for real in that... Uh, they were betraying both sides, both the old gods and the new gods, for their own survival, basically for their own selfish reasons. Um, Odin, of course, feeds on death. Loki feeds on chaos. Mm -hmm. So this war kind of it, it works on both ends. Of course, it's it's a massive amount of chaos which feeds Loki, and a lot of gods are going to die, and that's going to feed that's going to feed Wednesday. So Shadow sacrificing himself on the tree was particularly special. And it was special because, of course, Shadow is Wednesday's son. So that kind of uh, familial sacrifice strengthened Wednesday and Loki uh, quite a bit. Um, Wednesday also admitted to orchestrating Laura's death to ultimately set Shadow on the path that he needed to set him on, which ultimately led to that tree in that sacrifice. Um, Shadow strolls the battlefield and tells the gods the real story. He basically talks about what is actually happening and why they are out there. And 
Um, he tells them that uh, this is a bad land for gods before uh, telling them that this has been a two-man con, that the only people that are going to benefit benefit from this all-out battle and all the death and, and uh, it's, it's happening is uh, Wednesday and Loki, that Mr. World never existed and that uh, this has been a setup and this has been going on. Uh, this plan has been put in for decades. Anywhere between 50 and 100 years ago, Loki and Wednesday realized what was happening and what the future held. And so they put this plan in motion. Uh, that this, this was always a rigged game and that Loki and Wednesday will always be the winners in this game. Very true. Uh, the gods leave. They realize that uh, what Shadow has been telling them is the truth. So they leave, they depart. Mr. Nancy comes up and tells uh, Shadow that he did a good job and before departing himself. Shadow goes back inside to the cave and he finds Laura injured but still alive. He admits to her that he knows of a way of bringing her back, but she doesn't want to be brought back. She wants the opposite. She now understands it's time for her to go. Her time is up. And she doesn't want to come back anymore. He rips the coin hanging around her neck. She dies and he kisses her one last time. And oh, that so is the sad. end of the chapter. And so, before he tells her he loves her, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So what did we think about this chapter? I mean, this is really the culmination. This is when you find out what all of this has been about. The whole book the the whole the whole path that shadow's been put on everything that's happened to wednesday and the whole deal with mr world you know what did you think of this chapter i mean it felt yeah. like so simple that i'm not sure how i didn't see it coming that you know it's the hints have been littered all through the book and you know when it finally gets put in in front of you you're like how did i not see this well i think the simplicity is how it was so well hidden yeah um it's it's uh the big uh sometimes it's the big plots that have a lot of moving parts and are very complicated it's weird as it sounds it's sometimes easier to tease them out than it is the really simple things just because even though you get hints it's such a simple concept it's it makes so much sense but in the moment you're not thinking about that you're you're not you're not seeing this add up to something so simple. Exactly, you're thinking of the like, the big plan, you know, the war and all the gods, and you're not thinking about the, you know the two main gods. Yeah, I mean, what what does this war mean? Who's going to benefit from this? And <clears throat> if you ask that question, you might be able to come to this answer. But you know, even then, there's still enough surprises because you don't think at this point Wednesday has any role in this whatsoever. You just know Mr. World is looking forward to this, but you don't really know too much about Mr. World. So at that point, he's just somebody. Exactly. So I really liked it a lot. It's um, a big chapter. It's got a, a ton of information in it, a lot of action, uh, just a lot of stuff that happens with the characters. You know, we see Laura get the stick, go in, confront Loki, ultimately impale Loki. Um, we see Shadow put two and two together, realize it's a con job, that uh, he's been played a fool 
for this whole time, or essentially since he was a child, since he was born, he's been played a fool uh, by Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we see, we see Shadow, you know, as he said, um, two-man cons are the easiest games to beat. And he yeah. did. He went out there and he beat that con by simply being honest with all the gods on the battlefield. And that honesty is what uh, stopped all this from happening. And, uh, you know, Wednesday and Loki have been defeated. Yeah, by his own son. Yep. And, of course, Laura, you know, I think this is her final act of redemption. I think this is her, her last chance. Although we find out that Odin orchestrated her death. That this that her death was a product of his own uh, machinations, you know, like she was always going to die because she was a distraction in his mind. Um, he needed Shadow to have nothing to lose in order to the, for this to work. Yeah, it makes you wonder if you know her affair with Robbie was her own choosing, or if it was, you know, implanted into her mind, something like that. You know, some god trickery. It's possible. It's possible, or maybe it wasn't uh, implanted and she chose it voluntarily, but that uh, they, they simply found a way to utilize that, that affair for their own nefarious, you know, reasons. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good chapter. I mean, it's just, it's a huge one. It's, it's like the most important chapter just because this is the climax of the whole book. You know, from here on out, it's, well, there is some other stuff. You know, we've got a, We've got something else that's coming up that's pretty important uh, and I really enjoy. So there's a, a chapter coming up here, which I really am looking forward to uh, to <laughs> covering probably next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a big chapter. I mean, it was the the moment we've been building up towards. So it was amazing to get to you know see it and see all the elements come together and see what played out. It was great. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, so next week we'll do another chapter by chapter. We'll uh, hopefully we'll see what news comes out between now and then, and uh, we'll be profiling Easter next week. Yay! Which so, is uh, appropriate. Yeah. All right. And um, <clears throat> after next week, the week after, we'll be talking about South by Southwest because it'll be just a couple days after it. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll probably take up most, if not all, of that podcast. Oof, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what comes out of that. And depending on what comes out, uh, it may push any anything else just completely to the next week just because there might be so much information and interviews and, and pictures and maybe – you know, trailers. Uh, we could probably get another trailer in South by Southwest, if not more. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we'll just play it by ear. List. I would say the best bet is that um, just bank on that episode just being a uh, recap of everything we learned at South by Southwest. Definitely. And we'll, we'll go from there. So, all right, everyone, that's it for this week. Uh, have a good week, and we'll see you next time. And until we talk to you again, have a good one. Oh, I should probably plug our social medias and how to find us. <laughs> nah, we don't need to do that. No, right? <laughs> go, you know, yeah, no, yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, so if people want to get a hold of us or they want to contact us in any way, how can they go about doing that? 
So you can find us uh, if you want to send us like an email or a voicemail. You can send it to uh, freakinggeeksmedia at gmail dot com. Uh, we're on Twitter at American Gods Pod. Um, our individual Twitters are at Michael underscore Lanik and at Labyrinth Rose. Uh, if you want to, you know, swing by iTunes and drop us a rating and a comment, you know, we'd love that. Uh, it just gets us noticed and gets the word out there that, you know, American Gods has some podcasts. Uh, and then uh, we also have our Patreon page, um, patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks. There's more content and other podcasts up on there. So if you want to check us out, that's where we are. I think that's all of them. <laughs> all right. Yep. I think that's everything. So, yep. Again, until uh, next time, have a good one and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Godlings. Bye.